For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Ted Ramey, the radio voice of the San Jose Earthquakes, about their pending start to the season this Friday against the Houston Dynamo. They'll open on the road this season, but the Quakes, who had to restart their season in the bubble for the MLS, will start a mostly Western Conference-heavy 34-game schedule this season. We'll see how far they can go and what plans to be Chris Wondolowski, the all-time leading goal scorer in the MLS's final season. All things we can talk about with Ted Ramey, who joins me next. It's Monday, April 12th. It is my pleasure to welcome my good friend and former co-host, Ted Ramey, to the Update Podcast. You can, of course, hear him as the voice of the San Jose Earthquakes and oftentimes talking San Jose Sharks. But, Ted, what's going on, man? How are you, dude? Copes, I describe you as a great friend, so I would like to know where the difference happened, where I'm a good friend to you, but you're a great friend to me. That's, that's where we need to start. I don't know if we should even get into that, Ted. I think we'll we'll leave it. To, we'll, we'll let that for the listeners to decide how close we are, man. That riff stems from the fact that because we don't get to hang out and talk as I mean, remember, we used to see each other in person. And I felt like when that was happening, in addition to telling you all the latest about the earthquakes and sometimes the sharks, I could give you a hard time in person many times on our walks along San Francisco streets. So I, I had to start off riffing. We can generally poke fun, but you're right. It's like it's that weird get together with a friend you haven't seen in a long time and maybe you're in mixed company. And so you're not sure how far you should push the inside jokes that you have <laughs> with that person, whether or not you want to cross that line. But I'm all for it, Ted. I, I'm game for it. But you're right. We were at the peak of our friendship when we were seeing each other like daily or, or a couple times a week. And now it just doesn't happen. So now you're just an acquaintance, dude. That's why I had to knock you down a few pegs during the pandemic. You know what happens? I don't see anyone anymore except for my wife and my kids and like three other people. So, you know, it's it's just the way of the world right now. Well, dude, soon we'll be seeing you or we'll be hearing you, I should say, on KNBR 1050 calling San Jose Earthquakes games. I want to get into that in just a minute, dude. But we'd be remiss if you and I didn't talk a little baseball, man. Your Oakland A's finally got a W. How are you feeling about that, man? They did finally get a walk-off win. It was looking a little bad to that point. But here's the deal, man. I've had all these friends of mine who are big-time A's fans, and they're freaking out. I'm like, guys, have you not been watching A's baseball for the last 21 years? Like, Not to, not, not to parrot Marty, but we don't know anything for June. It, you know, until we get to that point. And then the A's, they are known for that push June, July, August. Like, I can't overreact. It doesn't look good right now. I'm not going to lie, but I, I'm not freaking out, man. The, the A's, we never know anything until much later into the year. This is pretty much prime Billy Bean territory. Team starts off not very good, and then later on, things are looking much, much better. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to get a win, but I'm not freaking out, man. I'm cool as a cucumber. Hey, we've written them off before, man. I think it happened in 2018, and they went on to win 97 games, you know? 2001, I think they only won, like, two of their first 11 games, and they ended up, you know, being a great team. What, they have 102 or 103 wins that year? I'm cool, baby. I'm cool. <laughs> as long as you keep saying it to yourself, I'm cool. I'm cool, man. It's fine. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. the only one listening, so. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you mentioned uh, the walk-off win. Can we call it a walk-off if the reason the guy's on base is it's extra Dude, innings? don't get me started on that BS. <laughs> I do. As you know, I'm one of the few American League guys that's not a DH guy, and I don't even want to talk about the extra inning rules. It's not It's not cool, man. I. It's. It's not what I consider pure baseball. Here's my question then. Should the Quakes, anytime they're tied at the end of regulation, should they go straight to PKs? That's my question. Yeah, I know, man. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's not baseball. You don't you don't get a man on base. Come on. It's like at the end of the Masters, if they're all tied up, let's just put a ball on the green and have them see if they can put it in. You know, who's, yeah, who's nice the little, closest, Nice little so. putt off. 
Yeah, exactly. Hey, let's get into some of this Quake stuff, man. Uh, last year was funky. They had the stoppage of the season, then they picked it up in the bubble, then the playoffs got going, they finished eighth in the Western Conference. They're playing, what, a 34-game schedule this year? Is that the plan? 34-game schedule, but very, very West-heavy. They're doing things a little bit differently. Usually, you play everybody in your own conference twice and everybody in the other conference once. That's not how it is this year. In fact, the Quakes' only trip to the East Coast is Orlando this year, and so that's just how things are different. They're doing it a lot more geographically local. I think they're going to be playing RSL and Portland and Seattle and the Galaxy and LAFC all three times each. So the schedule's very, very different this year, but it is a full 34-game schedule. And if we look back at last year, I want to say that there were only 23 games in total off the top of my uh, head. I can't be 100% certain on that because there's a difference because not every team played into the playoffs in the bubble, which were also games that I called. And so I'm a little... I don't remember exactly how many specific regular season games there were last year because, like you said, it was funky. I guess the opener is Friday at Houston. You'll get the first call on a home game Saturday, April the 24th against Dallas. We going to have fans in the stands for that game? Yes, we will. Um, I think it's 15% capacity or some 20% capacity. I'm I'm a little off on my capacities right now because everything's <laughs> changing. Like the Warriors just announced that they're going to have fans, I believe, on April 23rd. There is a capacity there. There will be capacity in some form. I won't just be listening to cars honking. Well, if you'll recall last year, that was what the earthquakes did in terms of fans because they couldn't, you know, you couldn't have anybody in the stands. So they let people park their cars behind Lobina, which is the bar, the largest outdoor bar in North America. And so like when a ball would go out for a corner, you'd hear all the cars come honking in. It was actually kind of cool because if you can't have fans, you get some response. And I put it in with the broadcast because on 1050, we had canned noise like every other sports broadcast in the world last year. And then if it was on the road, then there was nothing. Like a goal would be scored and the level of volume would stay exactly the same. But when we were home and there were people in attendance in their cars, you'd get the whole cars honking. Apparently it was a big deal on social media. People hated it on the broadcasts, especially on TV. I thought it provided great ambience and really copes. It's all about me from this angle. Like how is my broadcast going to sound? So the cars honking. I liked it. It's like more baby, more cars, more horns, more cowbell. That's what yes, we need. More cowbell. I got Thank a fever you. and the only prescription is more car horns after a Wando <laughs> goal, dude. So tell me about this team. What should we be looking for? Wando returns. I saw a great side-by-side photo of Tommy Thompson the other day. What year is this for him? Maybe number eight. This is number eight because we both signed with the quakes in 2014. Officially. He had been with the team uh, before that in the Academy system and such. Yeah. He was 18 years old and it's crazy because he just looks and he's a child when you see those photos and now he just he's a man and he's just a, and a coolest dude in the world does tons of cool stuff coaching online and in person does a lot of great stuff with kids in the bay area all over the place he's also been working with soccer without borders but yeah man it's crazy to watch tommy thompson develop and he started off as a midfield forward and he can play anywhere on the pitch which is actually a big part of what the quakes head coach matias almeida is into but he's probably going to be lining up as a right back this year i don't know if he's going to be the starting right back, which is now a little bit of a a void for the Earthquakes because Nick Lima, who is also represented the United States men's national team and a homegrown player who went to college in Berkeley and grew up in Castro Valley, he was traded to Austin, the new expansion team, and he had been the premier right back for the Quakes, where Tommy Thompson had also gotten some playing time. So now there's him and there's Lucho Abacasis, who they signed in the offseason. So it's going to be one of the two of them is going to be that starting right back for the Quakes, and that'll be an interesting battle to watch it play out.
We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Did you think last season, the way the playoffs shook out and the way the season shook out after the stoppage and then picking it back up, like we look at baseball, we look at the 60-game season, and we could say, yeah, some guys won awards who, yeah, Freddie Freeman's a good player, maybe wouldn't have won the MVP in a full campaign. Same for Jose Abreu. I look at the NBA and I say the bubble obviously had some more variance because I don't know that the Miami Heat go to the finals if they're having to travel across the country or having to play on the road against some of these teams in full arenas with the home court advantage happening. How much of the changing of the season or the stoppage of the season, the re-pickup last year, do you think made the the postseason and the records feel legitimate? Or do you think that there was some variance that will be changed this year because of the normal schedule? Well, it's really, really weird to look at it because they stopped after the second game of the season. And if you'll recall, before things stopped, you and I were recording together when the NBA shut down. And I saw the tweet go out from Woj and I said, guys, 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 the NBA just shut down. And we went dead silent for like 10 seconds as I think we tried to figure out what on earth was happening. And then they didn't pick back up until the bubble. So that was July 8th when the first game was. So they shut down, what, March 13th and didn't pack back up until July 8th. Then they shut down after the bubble. Not shut down, but there was a break before things got started again. And then for the teams on the West Coast, the world was burning down, literally. Seattle, Portland, San Jose, L.A., the whole West Coast was on fire. So that definitely impacted the training of what was going on, the practice of all these teams. So I think that might have had an impact on the regular season standings. But you're talking about Seattle. You're talking about Vancouver, who, by the way, was playing in Portland because Canada said you couldn't go back and forth. Then you had San Jose, L.A., and LAFC also dealing with the smoke. So in terms of validity, I mean, I don't know. That's a hard thing for me to say. I think... You know, Columbus was one of the best teams all year long, and they ended up winning, and props to them and Caleb Porter for having a great season. But it was just an odd year, and it's impossible to compare it to a normal season. But it is odd in that the NBA and the NHL had a bubble that ended their season. You know, MLS had the bubble that restarted the season. It was all odd, man. There's no way to fully classify what we saw is how it would have otherwise played out, because I can't say that. But if you had told me at the beginning of the year that Columbus would have been one of the best teams, judging by their roster, I would have said, sure. If you had said Seattle would have ended up in another final, uh, you know, of course I would have ended up believing that. So it's impossible to make the comparison, but I don't think it was that crazy to see the way things played out. It is true of the leagues I mentioned. If you look at baseball, the Dodgers win the World Series, probably the best team in baseball. And you look at the NBA, Lakers, probably the best team in the NBA. And in football, the Bucks, probably the best team in the NFL. So the best teams were still coming out. I just think there was more variance maybe to get to that point. So I guess final one for you here on the way out. How do we think this team's going to look? How do they project to finish this year? What's the, the overall thought on where this team can go? Well, the overall thought that I have is that each year of Matias Almeida's reign here in San Jose as the head coach over the first two seasons, the team has done a little bit better. The first year, 2019, the team had a slow start, got things rolling, and then faltered a little bit down the stretch and came down to the last day of the the season, decision day, as they call it in Major League Soccer, and they had to go to Portland and get a win. They actually have never won in Portland since Portland joined Major League Soccer, and they couldn't get a win. They lost. Portland was also playing for a playoff berth in that same game, so Portland made the playoffs and San Jose missed out. 
Last year, year two of Matias Almeida, the San Jose Earthquakes went through, you know, the ringer all throughout the year. It was pretty wild, but before the last game of the season, they actually qualified for the playoffs. There were a lot of ups and downs, but they made it in, and so they got into the playoffs, and they took Kansas City, two PKs, one of the incredible games, Wando scoring a goal, like the 97th minute, I believe, to tie it at three and send it to PKs, where uh, Sporting Kansas City goalie Tim Melia had one of the great PK performances in terms of a goalie of all time, stopped everything. The earthquake shot at him. The only other time that's happened against an MLS team in a tournament-style play was, I think, a decade earlier in the U.S. Open Cup where Melia was playing for a USL side and also did the same thing. So he's a great PK stopper. But in terms of that arc, in my belief of it, it's they'll be better than they were last year. And that means, again, qualifying for the playoffs ahead of time, not having it come down to the last day of the season. And I would think they are going to go beyond what we would what we saw last year. If last year they got to the first round of the playoffs, I think this year they'll go that much further. And I know that's uh, it's weird to look at it in a linear progression like that, but I think that's what we've seen with Matias Almeida and his tactics and his system. He learns and he gets better. We saw a big shift last year in his tactics due to the scheduling and due to the wildfires and all those things that were going on that led from the earthquakes having some bad performances to suddenly surging and getting stronger and stronger over the final third of the season, which if we compare to 2019, the final third of the season was when the earthquakes faltered and had a poor run of form. So he's been learning and he's been making his team better. And I think that's overall my idea for the earthquakes this year is that they will be that much better than they were a year ago. And they were that much better than the year prior to that. But the big story, if you want a big story, this is going to be Chris Wondolowski's major league soccer's all-time leading goal scorer, his last season. By the way, he's 38 now. He's the same age as me, which is terrifying because I wake up and I'm like, ah, everything hurts. He's out there just bagging goals left and right. You know, I'm not going to be surprised if he has 10 to 15, you know, and, or even if he had 20 goals. It wouldn't surprise me either because uh, that's just what he does. All that man does is score. He's the greatest scorer in the history of Major League Soccer. And so you're going to want to watch an old man go out there and just tear things up. He's kind of got the, the Nolan Ryan thing going. Like, it doesn't matter how old he gets. He just he shows up and he gets it done. Well, he's wrapping it up, Ted, but you're just getting started, man. You got to, you got many more years to go. So, hey, thanks for coming by, man. Thanks for checking in on the Quakes with us. I love you, bro. I wish uh, wish we could see each other more frequently, but we'll catch up soon, man. Copes, I love you, man. You are a great friend. Keep up the great work, and I can't wait to see you. You're a good friend, man. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch you later, Ted. See you, man. Peace. Oh, man, he's just the best. One of my favorites, Ted Ramey. You can hear him all season long. KNBR 1050 is the voice of the San Jose Earthquakes. Thank you to Ted. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you're listening. It's been fun touching up on some of this other stuff. Obviously, the Quakes get going on Friday. Giants just opened at home, and we've got plenty more to bring you all season long. We're just weeks away from the NFL draft, so we'll dive into some more of that in the coming days. Also, a little touch-up on the Oakland days around the corner as well. Enjoy the week we'll talk to you wednesday peace